Hi guys and welcome back to the FPL Reaction Pod for Series 2, um, ahead of the new season, obviously, and welcome back Max, how are you, how's the break actually, how how is Euros, because obviously me and you played, um, how, how's it been pre-season for you? Good mate, well, I say good, apart from uh, the obvious, uh, the unfortunate events in the Euros, I mean, very, especially the fact that I'm an Arsenal fan and, you know, Saka missed the... I felt so f- sorry for the poor lad, but yeah. Apart from that, you know, I've been good. I'm pre- that Euros kind of helped me a lot because I know we spoke about before the before the season ended, you know, about having that extended break. But then yeah. the Euros came in handy to kind of keep you engaged from a fantasy point of view. But now I've been good, mate. How, how have you been? Keeping well? Yeah, I've been okay. I think obviously um, with with the Euros game, it's it. it sort of felt like the best time to have a break but I think I just really wanted to play it so I've not really got out of the sort of fantasy football mode too much over the past few weeks so I'm, I'm pretty much always ready to go so I'm, I'm looking forward to the season ahead and I think what we should mention first is is some of the signings um that we've had this season, you know, they've been nuts, haven't they? So what do you think about some of the signings and stuff that have happened, that's, that's happened so far? Well, I mean, should we, should we talk about the most recent signing that's come I out think of we the need, blue? Yeah, I think we need to talk about the, uh, the Danny Ings to Villa signing that came absolutely out of nowhere today. As we speak, I mean, it must have been announced, what, 15, 20 minutes ago, out of nowhere. I mean, it definitely puts... You know, all, all of our plans, I mean, the amount of drafts and, you know, a lot of people have been talking about, you know, Watkins and, you know, he's got a lot of players who can support him from a, you know, creativity point of view. And what does it mean now with Ings coming in? I mean, does it mean he's going to get rotated? Does it mean he's going to, you know, is he going to shift to the left or are they going to kind of play, even fit both of them in? I mean, and what does that mean? Because that means another midfielder kind of gets, you know, substituted or mm. does it start I mean I and mean, what do you think Lewis do you think do you think they're going to be alternating or do you think it's going to be you know two of them playing at the same time it's a tough one because I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at um Dean Smith and thinking he he's a big fan of Watkins he loves Watkins you could see that and when you know when he when he got he, he I think he was he made a provisional squad for England a while back and he got the call and the change and he, he was like a, a proud dad so I'm not too sure what he's going to do with Watkins. Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of rumours saying that that they'll move Watkins to the left, but Watkins is a finisher to me. He's um he's he's a he's a proper striker. You know he 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 can hold the ball up well. He he's got great footwork. He can he he shoots on sight. He's just a a great. I think he's a great striker. Now I'm looking at a situation where he plays on the left and thinking, will he really play on the left? You know, and a lot of people are talking about Watkins on the left. But I just don't know what Dean Smith is going to do, and I think the doubt that I have is 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 enough to keep me away from Watkins. Now, I'm not too sure on Danny Ings' uh, fitness. To be honest, I think that's something that that I need to double check, and because obviously we know how you know how injury prone Danny Ings is. Um, but but yeah, it'd be a shame to see Watkins uh, be be you know took over to the left-hand side because, you know, I do like him up front. I do like him as a striker. Uh, and another just... point of view is if you, assuming, you know, at the moment, Jack Grealish <clears throat> is still an Aston Villa player. I mm. mean, 
and and so and also you've got you know the new the other new signing from Aston Villa Bailey. So hmm. you're thinking, well, is he really going to be moved to there when you know the then positions are kind of already occupied, really. And also you've got El Ghazi and Traore. So, yeah, I think it's more of a case of maybe that maybe it's a backup player. Maybe it's, you know, have they got a quality backup for Watkins if he mm. was to, you know, get injured? Probably not. So maybe it's just, you know, shoring up that squad. Yeah, it's just a little bit annoying, isn't it? Because obviously we're getting closer to the the, the, the deadline and, and obviously the, our main our main thoughts are primarily with is Kane going to go to City? Um, is is Lukaku going to go to Chelsea? And then out of nowhere, um, you know, literally out of nothing, um, Ings is at Villa. So <coughs> for me, you know, it's it's a lot about what is going to happen in the next. What else is going to be thrown up in the in the next? Um, well, next week leading up to the the uh, the opening day. Um, I mean, we'll talk, we'll get more into Aston Villa um, as we go into the pod but I just want to obviously firstly welcome back everyone properly um thanks to Tony Dream Team Tonic from for, for obviously doing the editing and stuff and, and and obviously allowing us to do this pod with Dream Team Tonic again so it's great to be back for a second season uh, we've got a nice shiny new graphic we've got lots of plans um pick three will still be included so we'll have a new graphic from FPL Doodles um so shout out to FPL Doodles um we'll also have uh, Max will also have diff- dodgy differential, won't we? Yeah, that'll be running again this season. So again, dodgy differential and pick three, they, they remain in the pod. Uh, and we've, we're also going to have some really good guests on, um, and whether that's with me and Max or me and, and the guest, we haven't quite got there yet. But yeah, we've got some great guests lined up. So, so yeah, welcome back, everyone. And today we're going to mainly discuss, uh, because this is our first pod back, and obviously we, we had like a little break from podcasting, which which felt nice, it, you know, it, 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 although we were, were still doing some other content and bits, you know, it it was nice to sort of not pod, uh, but but now we're back. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited. Um, you looking forward to, to the podcast this season, Max? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, of course, it's our second season now, so we've kind of got in the swing of things now. So it's a lot more, a lot more content to bring, and yeah, hopefully this season we can we can grow it and keep it keep it interesting for the listeners. So I mean, in terms of what we plan on doing, we're, we're also going to throw together a a Twitter page um, for the 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 FPL reaction pod. It just allows us to sort of focus our podcasts and and you know the other stuff that's related to the podcast in in one place because obviously max creates uh, content outside of the pod i create quite a lot of content outside the pod so yeah we just thought we'd have a nice little page where we can sort of interact and obviously there's that to look forward to as well max isn't there in terms of interacting from the the podcast page yeah definitely that's something you know additional and something slightly different that we we're going to be doing and hopefully that can get some more focus and hopefully you know bring it bring it out to more people as well um but yeah looking forward to it again and hopefully this season we can uh hit the ground running so i mean the first uh the first thing i i want to ask you basically before we get into the you know the, the premier league teams a to z you know we're gonna we, me and max are gonna dive into every premier league team um let you know on our thoughts on, on prices, positions, you know, the, the best picks from each team, uh, when we're likely to target them, um, and, and just 
you know, just generally plough through some of the teams because obviously, again, being our first pod back, we've not really discussed it um, sort of on a podcast. So in, t- in terms of rank, Max, this year, um, I think me and you are going to be really focused on rank this year, aren't we? And, and, and obviously make some great decisions based on the lessons that we've learned on, on the previous season. Um, so where are you sort of aiming for in terms of rank? What would be, what's your target and what would you be happy with? That is a good question. I think this year, I think I'm initially going to look for, you know, I would say top 25, top 25K. Um, I mean, looking at, of course, last year, you know, as you said, we've, we of course have, you know, learned, made mistakes. And I think it's also in terms of the approach as well. I think last season, I very much took a lot of risks a lot of you know unnecessary risk and same with you I may, you maybe took too many hits and you know I think this season is very much you know we've got from yeah, from the our approach um you know learnings also from a statistical point of view it's all right you know a lot of players do catch your eye but then sometimes you have, have you got the kind of have they got the, the stats and have they got the you know the performances to back it up but yeah I think this season that uh, respectable you know top 25k is 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 my target initially? I say target. You know, anyone can. I could target the top. You know, top hundred, top one hundred, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But at the same time, you know, I think that's a a good target for me to aim for. Yeah, I think top top ten k is where I'm I'm looking. But I mean, I'd be over the moon with top twenty five k. To be honest, I think that's a it's a it's a great target, and I think obviously ten k is not exactly too far from it. We just need to be careful. We need to be sensible. Um, in terms of the content you're going to be consuming, so how are you sort of basing your decisions this year? Are we are we are we going to be trying to watch more football, or, or are we going to be using it's a little bit more? Because obviously, you have got yourself a, a fancy football subscription. Yes, I have. You persuaded me to do it, Lewis. It's all down to you. I need to <laughs> send you an invoice. It's your, it's your fault now. I say it's your fault now. To be honest. I think for me, it's like, you know, sometimes you, you you get so into it and you're doing a lot of content and, you know, you're spending a lot of time each week and, you know, you're tweeting about it, you know, you're watching the games as, as you go um, each week. And as you say, it's it's kind of, it's a passionate thing as well. And I think for me, I thought, you know what, as I'm spending a lot of time doing it, I think for me, I also need, you know, I need to have some more stats to back up some of my decision-making. And especially last season, I think, I was, as you know, and if you're a listener to the pod previously in the last season, I did take some some risks. <laughs> you could say that, and oh, yeah. I think now it's more taking risks, but you know, calculated risks based on stats and based on you know performances. And also, I think for me this season, I need to when a player's doing well. I mean, don't hesitate to not bring him in. I think last season I tried to play the game of being too clever, like. A lot often I said it to you, Lewis, you know, a player would be doing well and I'd be like, oh, do you know, what? I think I've missed the boat now and or oh, I'm not going to bring him in. I think, you know, yeah, you've got to, yeah. if a player's doing well, you know, you've got to bring him in. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, you know, I'm going to watch more games. I watch a lot of game football anyway, to be honest. But also, yeah, I'm, going to, I'm more of a, a stat, max stats this season, Lewis. It's, uh, <laughs> I like that. Max, max stats, stats, that's what it's all going to be about. So, obviously... With with that in mind, um, we 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 sort of know what we're aiming for. We know how we're going to play it. I'll I'll probably be the usual mixture of 
um, you know, mixture of eye test and stats. I, I love looking at stats, um, but I have to have obviously an idea of who, you know, I think having an idea of who you want and then sort of backing that up with stats is probably the best way to, to look at it. Obviously, with with the football changing now back to multiple three o'clocks, it's it's going to be a little bit more compressed. So it's going to be every weekend now. It's you know it's we're we're going to see we're going to see the sort of filtering of the games through the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday sort of drop quite dramatically, uh, which also limits how much football we watch. Uh, if you think about it, so obviously. I think my, you know, my aim will be to watch a game whenever it's on, because to be honest, you know, if you've got multiple games on at the same time, you're probably likely to miss half the matches and you could catch match of the day, but match of the day has just never felt like the same as watching, because although they show the highlights, they don't quite show some some of the other bits. They can be biased, can't they, as well? important. Yeah, I think... Yeah, from an perspective yeah. i always think that when i watch match of the day and some of the things <laughs> i mean when he even writes on there it's okay but sometimes you get when jermaine genius is on there you get some uh but yeah like you say it's yeah it's not the in-depth analysis but when you're watching the game you can't get a good of an, enough eye test with about a minute or so a couple of minutes of the key points of a game so let's just now start turning our attention to individual teams so we're going to go through each team uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a look at the fixtures. We're gonna have a look at this, you know, some stats with the players involved. Who who do we think could do well this year? Who 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 do we think might be rotated quite heavily? Just a general um, feel to the teams this year. So Max, obviously, with you supporting Arsenal, it's only right that you go first. So what do you, how how do you think you're going to shape up in terms of assets this year? And who who's taking your fancy, um, and when are they taking your fancy? Well, if I start off with the last season's bit of a flop, where Aubameyang, I mean, if we if we take a look from the you know from the start, he was I think he was in most people's teams based upon the season prior, and now he's you know he's dropped down to ten million. But if I was to personally, the players I'm you know if I was to look at a few defensive options, I mean Arsenal, you know, we kept twelve clean sheets last season, um, and I think Kieran Tierney. While he was injured a lot, you know, he, he had a period where he was injured, and but he did, he, you know, he got three assists I think last season, which is not amazing, but I think it was, I think it was slightly better than um, Cancelo actually. But I think it's it's difficult to know what players to go. I think there's a lot of Arsenal players from a fantasy point of view that are a tad risky. Mm. I mean, we've got, you know, there's a Bamyang. Is he gonna? Is he gonna hit the ground running? Is he not? You've, um, but. From one player that I have, you know, I took an took you know I've had a look at him and I and I think he could be in many people's sides and rightly so. I think is um, Smith Rowe purely on the base. You know, he's five point five million. Um, I mean, Arsenal's you know first six fixtures is it's not amazing. I mean, we start off obviously first game of the Premier League season against Brentford, um, but in them first six games, you know, we've got Chelsea, Man City, uh, Tottenham. We've also got Norwich and Burnley, but yeah, it's it's. But from his price point of view, you know, five point five million. Are you going to get? He's probably going to start on the basis that currently we haven't got Odegaard because he's gone. We haven't. There's speculation about Madison, but if you're looking at right now, he's likely to start. You know, in attacking attacking midfield, mm. and to get 
well, if you class Arsenal as a top side still, <laughs> I still, I still do. You know, five point five million is quite is quite a good value. Um, yeah. But like I said, there's a few you could go with Saka, slightly more expensive, six point five mil. But he, he got five goals, three assists last season, and also another player that's you know Pepe. He got ten goals last season, which I believe is more than Mason Mount, isn't it, Lewis? Well, of course. <laughs> so there's a player that's gone under the radar, to be honest, because he's he's someone that towards the end of the season has done quite well. But again, it's it's a bit risky, I feel, some of the attacking players for Arsenal. So for me, the kind of players... Now we've got Ben White as well. I mean, he's likely to start, I think, because of the, you know, the price he cost and the fact that looking at pre-season friendlies, you know, we haven't looked amazing in certain players. And he's 4.5 million, so... If I was, you know, looking at from an outsider point of view and looking at Arsenal, thinking, okay, what players? Tierney, from his attacking point of view, at left back, obviously another defender, and and White, from on the basis he's four point five million, and he's like potentially going to start, and you know, a lot of the other four point five million options in Ailing, and you know, I think there's another couple of players, but he's arguably you know, at the, the kind of the highest club at that sort of range. So yeah. I don't want to go into Arsenal too much, but from my point of view, I think Smith Rowe and Smith Rowe, Ben Ben White, and Tierney are the kind of players I would look at if I was if I was uh, looking at Arsenal players. Yeah, I think in in terms of where I'm at with Arsenal, um, it's it's very much at a like sort of wait and see sort of frame of mind because firstly, I would look at the fixtures and think. Mm, Okay, the starting fixtures aren't great, and then you sort of as you sort of scroll down, there's there's periods where you've got say Norwich and Burnley, but then it switches and you play Tottenham, and then you switches again Leicester, then Watford, then Liverpool. So if you know they're quite the the fixtures, your fixtures are quite scattered, which makes it very difficult to sort of look at and think right, okay, that's the that's the point in time that I'm going to get an Arsenal player. I did find one patch where I was like, okay, that looks that looks pretty good. So I think it's game week 15, you hit Everton, Southampton, West Ham, Leeds, Norwich, Wolves, and then it goes to City. So for sort of five weeks, you've got that an, an okay sort of run of games. And, and obviously, as you go towards the end of the season, there's, there's, there's this like a triple, there's a, there's a quadruple sort of game group of Villa, Palace, uh, Brighton and Southampton but it, it around those sort of two windows it, it, the fixtures are quite you know quite scattered um, so in terms of who I'd be looking at I would be looking at effective um, effective uh, value assets so you know they they would include obviously you've already covered um, Emil Smith-Rowe and, and, and to be honest I've spoken to some some Arsenal fans similar to yourself and obviously convinced that um, Emil Smith-Rowe it will start the first few games um, and I think at 5.5 million if, if that's the case in an Arsenal side yes the, the, the fixtures aren't great but it, it's it's still a really good he's still a really good option in an in an Arsenal side yes that can be inconsistent but I think it just enables money elsewhere around the team uh, Ben White um, someone you've you know that you've 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 mentioned um, as well. Uh, Four point five million, I think, is a great a great player. Um, in terms, I think it's a great move uh, from Arsenal to bring him in. And it's it's a big big money signing, isn't it? For you know for for Arsenal, it's which, expensive, yeah. And I, yeah. I had some discussions with some Arsenal fans, and we were like, you know, is he 
could he is he going to be starting is he not and you know a lot of people under the basis you know he's on the ball is better than Rob Holding and I've seen a lot of people put Rob Holding I mean I don't think I think he should start with Gabriel at centre back and mm. Rob Holding and Mari should they will probably be benched there's also another position sorry to interrupt but right back who's going to play right back you know you've got Cedric who we've got a few players Cedric Chambers you know who even Tavares our another our other new signing now on the ball I think and as an kind of an, as an athlete I feel Tavares, if he can play there, I know he's quite versatile. He's naturally a left back, but if he can play right back, I would I would play him there. So that's potentially another option as well. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because Tavares is on my list. So he's four point five million. Um, he's obviously we know you've already mentioned that he's quite a versatile player. He's left and right. He scored, didn't he? Was it on his debut that he scored, Max? Yeah, on his yeah. debut. Yeah, it was a quite so, well taken goal as well. So I mean, in, in terms of um, in in terms of attacking defenders being cheap, Tavares. And although we, you know, he he's it's quite congested in in terms of rotation for Arsenal. But if because we both know how how uh, injury prone Tierney is, don't we? So if Tierney gets injured, surely there's a chance that Tavares uh, slots straight into that left back position. Yeah, hundred percent. If Tinny's injured, he'll slot straight in there. I think for for me, the question mark is just whether he will, you know, Tinny's fit at the moment, so I don't. He won't play. I don't. He won't play ahead of him. But will he play right back? Will Arteta think? You know what? He's got enough quality. It's he just put him right back over the other options we have. I mean, he put a, gr- a few great balls in against uh, Chelsea into the box. Uh, the a Bamiyang hit over the bar, but <laughs> that's another topic. But yeah. Like like you said, he he does look uh he does look quite good. But also a point I would say, now now Miss Max stats as <laughs> as you mentioned, in terms of expected points, now the highest expected points from a four point five million player is Ben White for Arsenal. So mm. ahead of Ailing and ahead of you know Connor Cody and and I think for for Fafana as well. So. You could, if you're a stat man, you could look at that also and think, well, if he's got a starting position in Arsenal, Ben White is a, a great, a great pick for four point five mil. Yeah, I think what what is important is the fact that the 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 options that I've reeled off, so Emil Smith Rowe, Ben White, and Tavares, they're all really cheap options. So it's not going to hit you as hard, say, if you bought someone like Aubameyang. Um, now, I don't. I don't know what we're going to see in terms of Arsenal going forward, and I'm pretty sure you probably feel the same, Max, in, in terms of what you know. What are we going to see from Arsenal this year? But defensively, I just feel that's where the assets are, um, and obviously Emil Smith Rowe, which could, you know, someone who could be a great asset as well. Um, so yeah, I think they're mine: Emil Smith Rowe, Ben White, and Tavares. Um, I think we should probably move on, Max, from Arsenal. Yeah, um, sorry, we. Davos, <laughs> naturally, I like talking about Arsenal, but yeah, that's Aston Villa next, isn't it? Yeah, and this one could take hours, quite frankly. But <laughs> I'll let you start on this one, Max, because it feels like Villa are a really important team uh, to start with, especially with the starting fixtures. So I'll let you crack on. Yeah, I mean. Aston Villa as a as an Arsenal fan, and I think as other you know, even a Tottenham fan as well, and 
teams that aren't quite, I don't feel at the same level as, you know, Chelsea City and, and Liverpool, but Aston Villa is a very, very a big worry. I mean, you've got, you know, as we know, we've as we just spoke about earlier, they've just signed Ings, but, you know, they've signed, is it Leon Bailey? They've signed uh, Buendier from uh, Norwich. They've already got El Ghazi and Traore. Um, currently, they've still got Grealish. Uh, currently, I mean... Anything could happen at the moment, um, mm. but I feel like they. I feel like Grealish is probably going. The fact that they've signed, you know, a couple of players now, it does. I make think me so. Suspect yeah. How much? Where are they? I'm surely, unless they've just got suddenly. They, maybe they had a lot of money anyway, as it is. But yeah, if I'm talking about assets, straight into assets. Of of course, Watkins. You know, you got was it 14 goals, five assists last season, mm. um, and I feel like with another player to support him in that in Bailey and obviously the the Norwich asset. He's got a very, very good season last uh, in the championship. So, yeah, Watkins for me is obviously, and for many people, I think he's in a lot of people's teams, especially because of the, um, you know, the initial fixtures are very favourable. Our problem now is though is is Watkins an asset? That is after well, the, yeah. after the Danny Ings news tonight. Is 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 he going to be moved to the left? It, 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 does that make him? Um, less of an asset. I mean, it does, doesn't it? You know, it, it, it for me, it feels like a bit of a risk now going in uh, to that first game with Watkins. I think you, I think yeah, you, you're right because in the previous games, I felt last season like Watkins, I felt was never going to be taken off. Like he was running his heart out for pretty much the whole ninety. Very rarely I've seen him substituted. That someone's probably got a stat on how many times he's. He's, you know, he's been subbed off, but he normally used to play the whole game. So now I have got a stat actually. He's oh. he was basically the um, he played over three thousand minutes last season, and he was the top amongst forwards for minutes played. So he played more minutes um, than Kane, uh, Firmino, every other forward in the Premier League. So he was Mister Reliable up front for Villa. Yeah. So as you say, now how and also. How many goals were, you know, let's make an assumption that on average, you know, most managers make make a change around, you know, 70. I assume he's not going to give Danny Ings five minutes every every game. He'd probably maybe take, well, he'd probably take, if he was to take Watkins off, maybe, you know, the 70, 75th minute. So how many goals also has Watkins scored after that, after that period? That's a, another one where you can think, well, if he's scoring a lot of his goals later on in the games, is it, it could you argue now, as an asset, he's not as you know, as not as prominent. Mm. The potential isn't there, but yeah, I mean, as as we know, another striker of course shakes things up. But I still think Watkins will you know be first pick on the Aston Villa team sheet. But yeah, as you said, it does impact his potential as an asset. Um, who else did you have down, Max, on your Villa? Uh, Mings, Tyron Mings. Right. I mean, how fourteen? Clean sheets, I think Aston. I think it was only City, but perhaps that you know they got more clean sheets. I believe, or was it just City and Chelsea? Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he got two goals, two assists, which is 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 fair enough. Is fair for you know for a defender. But I think also looking at if we take it, just looking at the first you know set games, the first three games, you could argue against you know two promoted sides. Aston Villa's defense is pretty sure, you know pretty solid as it is. Mm. Um, I think he's quite a good asset and he's slightly cheaper than some of the 
some of the other defenders. I know he's he's not a left back or a right back, so he's not bombing down the wings, which is why you probably haven't got as much of you know the the assist the creative from a creative point of view. But I think for me, he's an asset as well that I've considered at only five million as well. Yeah, so I mean, it's a tough one for me because obviously with the news of <clears throat> the news of um, Danny Ings tonight, it's sort of. I mean, if you ask me before tonight, who who is who is one of the top five players in your draft going into game week one? I would have said Ollie Watkins, and obviously with the news tonight, it just sort of makes me think. Is I mean, it, it's a bit irritating, isn't it? Because you settle on a team, and then obviously something else changes, and. Danny Ings is no, Danny Ings to a Villa is no joke, and it's it's just a great another great signing uh, for Villa again. Um, I'm not too sure on um, Bailey. Um, I had Bailey written down, and I was really um, I was really convinced actually because obviously I think it's eighteen eighteen um, goal contributions, nine goals, eight assists um, in the Bundesliga last year. Different leagues, understandably, that's only in thirty games, so. I just think that's it's really positive in terms of stats, but obviously the, the Ings comes in. Does Watkins go to the left? Where does where does Bailey now play? Does who does he rotate with? Does he rotate with Trezeguet? Uh, not sorry, Triore. Uh, they've also got El Ghazi hanging around. There's a lot of you know. There's a lot of ifs and buts around the team at the moment. Um, I'm more inclined now um, to go for Buendia. So, Buendia, is that how you pronounce him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what have I been saying? I don't know. Just say it. Bundy, Bundy I think. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's one thing I, I can't. I, people know I can't pronounce. We need to get those name. pronunciations a lot better this year, don't we? <laughs> Jesus. But yeah. yeah. So Buendia, I mean, he's he's the type of player that will score as many as as he assists. So I think obviously. With Norwich last year, we can argue that they were in the championship and stuff. But he played 39 games and he scored 15 and assisted 16 to total 31 goal contributions in 39 games. I just think that's that's pretty pretty incredible. Now, again, argument that arguments that you know he's he's not as good in the Premier League, but we've seen him in the Premier League before, and he and he was really good. And obviously, he's now playing in a uh, you know a far better team. In, in terms of attack so for me Buendia he comes at that nice price range he comes in at 6.5 um, the great I just think the, the fixtures you have to be targeting uh, Watford away Newcastle at home and Brentford at home you, you can't you can't arguably get three better fixtures than that so in terms of Villa attack uh, my original thoughts were, were, were a double attack so a double Villa so a Watkins and Buendia Obviously, with the news of Ings now, it sort of strips that back. And me and you have discussed the defence before. You know, we've we've talked about how I, I've talked about, and I've, I've said to this on, on with someone today on a, on a podcast I recorded today, um, that John Terry we know has moved from Villa now, and we know he did quite a lot of work with the back line. Uh, me and you obviously have discussed this, and it, it's debatable whether it's a factor or not. Um, you know, a, a factor that's as important as it I'm making out. Um, I just feel that with without Terry, not just without Terry, by the way, so without Grealish, who, who holds the ball up really well, you know, he takes the play away from the danger zone, his own half, you know, 
the, the, the sort of Villa aren't going to get anywhere near as much time on the ball um, in the well in in any half anymore, and I just think it slightly puts their defensive assets at a question mark because I'm looking at it thinking, can I get better better assets elsewhere? You know, we're talking the likes of Trent, Shaw. You know, these are players that you know you look at and think these have got to be in my team, and then that only leaves you know one space. So That's I true. think it's a tough one with Villa because I probably wouldn't touch the Villa defence um, be, to be perfectly honest. And, and but then all, them players are more expensive, you could argue as well. Yeah, I mean, they are more expensive. Um, but I, I would just, I would potentially look at the 4.5 price bracket and be like, and, and probably think, could I, could I get the same return? You save half a million and yeah, and spend yeah, it elsewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at that price bracket and thinking, do do I do I need a a Villa player when I'm not too sure on them? There's also Martinez as well. You know, incredible goalkeeper. He's had a great season with Argentina. A great, sorry, a great um, campaign with Argentina um, in the summer and saved a few penalties by the way as well. And obviously going into the new season, his ownership's quite high. It's, it's something that I worry about, and I think. The only thing that's put me off, and you'll probably say the same, I think if he was five million, I feel like he would be my sat and forget keeper. I mean, what are your thoughts on Martinez this season? I just think five point five is a little bit too expensive. I think as an Arsenal fan and watching Leno against on pre season against Chelsea, I think, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> I mean, he's a great keeper. Um if I, I understand the point of view with the five point five because as much as you know, it's half a million. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, he but deserves it definitely. When yeah. when you look at you know the other assets and you're choosing your players, half a million definitely makes the difference. I mean, for me, it's yeah, it's it's risky. I've, I've, in terms of you know John Terry leaving, I mean, it, I could have an impact. I definitely agree with regard to Grealish. I think that will have an impact because he definitely mm. does hold off. You know. When he's when he's dribbling and you know the possession, he does help with that. Um, whether the defense will completely kind of capitulate without Terra, I don't know. But I think in terms of Martinez, he is a bit pricey. But at the same time, I think he has another keeper that I believe has got the second highest um, expected points for next season. So, and he's obviously, and I think it's only you know within like I think it's ten points less than Allison uh, Edison rather. Can I so, just say, where has this Max been? Where is this? You know, are you? Are you sure? Are you Matt? Are you he's sure been, you're he's been hiding. He's been hiding. I've got the. I've got the tools now. That's the thing, Lewis. I've got the tools and the the capabilities to whack out some of these stats. But yeah, so in from that point of view, you could argue. Well, actually, if you take that, if if you were planning to go heavy with the goalkeepers and you were planning, you know, for, to go for like Edison. For half a million and mine, you know, assuming this is expected, so this is not, you know, definite, but yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, it's whether you trust it or you could argue from another point of view, if if you do believe that the defence is going to be weaker, does that mean more shot saves for, you know, point saves for mm. uh, Martinez? I know Melier last season was a great asset for me and he was saving, getting save points all over the place and getting bonus points and was a great keeper for me. And he, I pretty much kept him in the side, even against teams that I felt, you know, he wasn't going to get a clean sheet because he was getting points. Um, so you could look at it from that point of view as well. Mm. So I think, obviously, we should probably move on from Villa now. Um, 
I just I, I I do think Martinez is a slight avoid because of the price. I think again, if he was a point five cheaper, I think he would be my sat and forget keeper. Um, but yeah, I think obviously Watkins he for me doesn't become a, a, an asset anymore. Um, obviously some wait and sees Bailey and the the Aston Villa defense. So, but the first three fix the first three fixtures are nice and they they warrant at least one asset. And I'm pretty sure for me that will be Buendia now. Um, let's just move on to Brentford. Um, awkward fixtures, I'd say. A little bit awkward. You play Arsenal on the first day. Crystal Palace, uh, Villa might be tough now. Uh, Brighton, Wolves, and then they hit a Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea and Leicester block. So what are you feeling about Brentford this season? Originally, the first thought that comes to my mind is, are they going to be another Leeds? Are they going to, you know, start off really well and have a lot of players that are going to be great assets? You know, last season we had Dallas, we had Bamford, Rafinha. There were so many players, and and you look at um in the comparison and you think, do they? I I personally don't know as much about Brentford as perhaps I as as I should, but I don't feel they have as perhaps as much quality as perhaps Leeds do. On the other hand, you have to take a look at players like, you know, Tony, the amount of goals he scored last season. And, you know, some people are saying, oh, you know, it's a different league, etc. But even if he was to get half, you know, a half of them goals he scored last season, it'd be a great season. Um, and people are looking, of course, at players that are, you know, the cheaper strikers. If you, if you don't want to go with the likes of, you know, Bamford, Kane and Vardy, then you might want to go slightly cheaper at that sort of 6.5 bracket. So... He is. He looks. He's one asset, of course, like many people. When you mention Brentford, the first player that kind of pops into your mind. Um, for me, another player that I'm gonna fail to pronounce. Is, I know um, who it is. Uh, do you want me to do it for you? You I do don't it. even you know do who. Yeah, I don't even know who the player is, but I'm gonna guess it's Embuemo. That's it. I think you. Pro- that was quite there a good pronunciation, go. actually. Yeah. For me, I think, and I've looked. At, I looked a little bit into this because I think do you know because I was looking at you know. Some people say that he often plays on the wing, and then other people are saying, you know, he's he has played in the past up front, and he could. And in comparison, when I was kind of uh, looking at some of the stats originally when I first looked, I think he was the difference in ownership is dramatic. I think mean, I think uh, the player that you pronounce that I'm not going to try is I think he had one point three or four. It was really low percentage ownership. Whereas if you look at Tony, it's like. I think it's over. It must be. I think it was thirty-two percent when I last checked. I believe it may be higher mm. now, but yeah. If you're looking at these two players, one slightly cheaper. One, of course, plays, you know, in a, in a, a midfield position. One attack, but it's it's difficult. To, from a defensive point of view, I'm not looking at Brentford, but from an attacking point of view, I definitely am. What about you, Lewis? The same players kind of jump to your jump to your thoughts yeah, when you first look at them. I think. I think. Embuemo was a player on my list as well, and he's he's he. To be honest, he's more of a wait and see. Um, I'm not massively convinced on Brentford this year. They obviously, you know, they 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 didn't actually claim automatic promotion, did they? They, you know, they they run through the the playoffs. And for me, I feel, and I'm and I imagine um, a lot of fans would agree with me here that Tony has probably carried Brentford all the way to the Premiership, probably on his own. It's hard to argue with that as well because 
when you look at some of the, you know, the, the, some of the stats that he's he's got this year, you know, that he he broke a record for the most goals in the championship. I mean, we can talk about how how weak we think the league is, or it's not the Premier League and stuff, but he he actually he broke a record. You know, it's it, they're not it's not hard to break records, and I mean it, it's hard to break records, especially you know, especially to get. 41 goal contributions in 45 games. I mean, just saying that is it, it's it's top tier level. It's you know it's and it's obviously it's also nice because with with you don't expect much at that price. Do you? you know? We know that Ivan Tony he's 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 6.5 million. He's uh, playing Arsenal on the first day, but then his fixtures drop to Palace, Villa, and Brighton, uh, and then Wolves. So. For the first five game weeks, and obviously I don't want to, um, I don't want to annoy you by calling out Arsenal's defence and stuff. But although I do think Arsenal have a good defence or will have a good defence, I don't. I'm not worried. You know, I, I, it's not at a level where I'm like, oh, it's you know, it's it's Tony against Chelsea City or, or you know, or someone like that. I think I'd be quite happy. For Tony to go into that Arsenal game and, and and happy, you know that he that he could get something. I also think he's a safe option because of ownership, like you discussed already. He's he's between 40 percent ownership, and I think it it's nice to have him there. He's on the first day. I know it shouldn't be a factor, but everyone's excited about FPL, of course. Um, you know, of course, it's exciting to have a player in the opening game and and also a player has many other factors into why you're you know you're bringing him in um, I mean it's first time they're in the Premier League isn't it yeah Brentford. so and so that's I think from an Arsenal point of view I was speaking to my granddad about this and he was like one team you wouldn't want to play first game is Brentford so it is slightly you know you could look at that they're going to be fired up mm. they're going to be really fired up for this game so yes yeah, so that's another factor to consider yeah and I, I just feel that with the fixtures after that that I wouldn't go into an Arsenal game expecting points from Tony. I just wouldn't. And I think we all have to manage our own expectations and think, okay, so if Tony doesn't get points here, he's probably going to get points against Palace or he's probably going to get points against Wolves. So for me, it's also interesting because I like that price bracket. I like like that by the time that Brentford and Tony do hit, tough fixtures we've got the likes of Pukki that becomes available with Norwich who has a run of 15 matches with only Chelsea as a tough team opponent so from game week 5 to 15 um, you can take a look at that yourself Max from game week 5 to 15 there is an absolutely insane insanely good fixture run for Norwich now some might question oh it's Norwich, you know, we need to, you know, we need to watch them. Well, luckily we can, you know, we get to, we get to keep our eyes on them for the first few weeks while we own Tony. So for me, it's only Tony in that Brentford team, Max. Uh, Mwembo, I did add him to the list, but I just feel like with Emil Smith-Rowe there, you know, in that sort of bracket, yeah, that's a good point. It's, it's, it's tough for me to sort of include him um, although he is one to watch though he's quite I know he's quite versatile I know he, uh, you know I, I know he got a handful of goals and assists last season so let's just quickly turn our attention to Brighton what do you think well I think Dunk 
Now, looking at players in terms of um, how they done last season, I believe he was the highest joint high. Well, I think he was the highest scoring defender actually with um, with five with five goals. Um, yeah, he was. He was the highest scoring defender with five goals, and and, he, and in terms of his price, I mean. Five million. I don't know what his fitness is like at the moment because I heard he was injured. Um, and also, you've got the potential of the one that I've seen in many drafts and was, you know, the goalkeeper Sanchez, 4.5 million. Uh, probably mentioning players that you're going to say as well. But does that impact, you know, does that impact the potential for clean sheets? But again, we've got a scoring defender here. I know he's not at the, you know, the top, top sides. And what impact will Ben White have on Dunk? leaving but at the same time you know you've got to look at what what you've got there in terms of previous performance as a way to kind of predict future performance and he's and he's an asset that's continually done it season after season um so yeah he's an, he's one of the one of the initial assets um that I've looked at what about you Lewis what what you've been looking now at? for me I I really do feel that we we look at the Brighton defence and we ha- when I looked at the underlying stats, um, they are arguably the third best defence in the league. Although they didn't keep the most the third most clean sheets, they they kept the third they, they were third um for for shots on target conceded, um, shots in the box, headed attempts conceded, um, chances conceded. So in terms of defence, Brighton are you know, they are a really good defence. We obviously have to factor Ben White leaving, you know, no doubt about that. We we have to, um, and we have to just look at that and think, how much is this going to impact? Um, how much is this going to impact the Brighton defence? And I just don't think it's going to impact it enough for me to be put off by such cheap value cheap value players so you look at players like Veltman he's nailed he's you know 4.5 million you look at Sanchez the goalkeeper who could potentially become another Martinez you know you look at those first uh, first four fixtures Burnley Watford Everton and Brentford I mean they're they're great aren't they and and when you look at the underlying stats as well you have to be looking at the bright defense over the bright attack of course because the we know the bright attack is is I don't want to be rude but useless is 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 a pretty fair term isn't it until they you know until they sign someone so for me i'd be looking at uh dunk and and yeah you are right dunk dunk is one of the you know he, i think he scored the most headed attempts among defenders um he also had had one of the uh, the most headed attempts in the box amongst defenders as well and shots so in terms of stats, Dunk is dangerous. There is no doubt about that at all. He's really, really dangerous in the box. Um, but for me, Sanchez, he's he would be the player that I'm looking at um, to start my season, uh, to be honest. And at 4.5 million, um, I, I just feel that it's it's just great value. And if they if they you know if they concede, then you know. We've we've only put four point five million into it, so that's where I'm where I'm at with Brighton. Um, this this one might not take as long, Max. It's Burnley. It's a team that, not you know, you know, not to be harsh to any Burnley fans listening, but it's not a team that you initially go to and think, oh, you know, I want a Burnley player. I mean, Chris Wood is a player that, of course, I did. I think I did own him last season at one point when he went on his run. I think what did he get? He got twelve goals and uh, three assists, I believe, last season. Um, 
yeah, he's one of those players that is good, but in terms of his, because they've increased his price a little bit, and there is a couple of more, you know, more exciting assets to to see that are currently out there. I mean, and you got to think of what players, you know, the players that are available to you is a Burnley player. You know, we still got players like you know Pope and Tarkovsky, but the, some of the you know the pricing is not it's not amazing, is it, Lewis? No, I just to be honest. If, if someone asked me um, at the start of this season, how do you think Burnley are going to do this season? I just don't think they're going to do very well. Um, and I just I just think Sean Dyche has done an excellent job there. You know, it, it's hard to sort of criticise him because he's done so well to keep Burnley up. But I just feel that this is the season that they could potentially go down. Um, I, I don't I don't like this new gun ho um, sort of attacking tactics, you know that they that they they ended up with on the latter part. Conceding a lot, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you look at the first set of fixtures. I mean, are they going to keep a clean sheet against Liverpool, Leeds, Arsenal, Leicester? You know, it's it's debatable. I mean, even as we said, Brighton's going to be you know tough first fixture. Mm-hmm. You could be you know you could potentially be looking at after you know the first six or so games with like one point and you know that's gonna put them in a dodgy position but yeah I think initially I mean it's one of those as we said with other teams and players individually you have to kind of take a look at take a look at you know see how they're doing and perhaps later on if they you know if they start doing a bit better then maybe bring one of the players in but it's not a side that's jumping out at me to be honest for me Burnley are a bigger void and it it doesn't sadden me to say that because I honestly I I I don't I hear in a lot of pods you know they, they Burnley do get a bit of slack, but I just feel that they've they've, they've sort of bumped the prices up on on Pope and and I just feel I feel like it's all a bit too pricey in the in the Burnley defence and the fixtures aren't exactly great. Let's move on to Chelsea. Where is your head at with with Chelsea Max before I start? Yeah, before you go off on a tangent like I did with Arsenal, I mean, yeah, they have got some tough fixtures, and you know, to the thing is when we when we say this, oh, we've got some tough fixtures, you know, we need to you know potentially avoid the assets. At the same time, you know, we've seen seen teams that have had played, faced like Watkins as an example. You know, in the past, we've he's come up against the, the top sides in the league, and he scored he scored against City, City. You know, but initially, I feel. I haven't gone with any Chelsea players. Havertz is obviously jumping out because currently, you know, you haven't. Werner is I uh, is a player that I just feel he, I don't know what it is. He scored goals in, in you know in Germany, but it seems like he just can't get his feet together sometimes when he's. But yeah, he's a player that I feel mm. a little play on the wing. Um, you've obviously got players like you know Mount and, but from a defensive point of view, you know Chelsea was at eighteen clean sheets last season. So and if Chilwell. Another player. I'm going off on a tangent. Random players at the moment, but I'm just thinking, you know, from a second point of view, Havertz jumped out at me at first, and then from a defensive point of view, Chilwell, because I feel like he, he I don't know what better to see your opinion on it, but I feel like he's pretty set in that side now as a left back. But again, it's <coughs> tricky because, as I said, the first six fixtures are quite tough. But what, what do you think, Lewis? What are you? Well, you got any Chelsea players in your team at the moment, or are you waiting for a new transfer to happen before you jump on it? I I personally think that 
I mean, I could go on for an hour. I could, I could literally talk about um, Chelsea for an hour. Um, and I don't think that's in a, a, a sort of negative or, or a positive way. It's in, in a sort of wait and see way. Now, for me, I would be we, Chelsea and and the Chelsea have or are probably top two defensive um, teams in amongst the, in the Premier League. However, we're probably sixth or seventh in attack, and you can see where I'm going with this. So, primarily looking at Chelsea straight away. Let's just look at the back line. Mendy, he's too overpriced. You just can't go there unless you just want clean sheets, and that's it. You, not many save points or anything. Um, Koundé, uh, it's very likely that we sign Koundé, which means he will play right-sided centre-back. It's his position, which also then has a knock-on effect on Asper Equator and Rhys James, who, Reece, who we know that Rhys James played uh, right-centre-back last year, um, and he was also rotated quite a lot with Asper Equator. So for me, buying Koundé, it gives you a problem where you then can't rely on Rhys James or Asper Equator. So in terms of the back line, there's only one player that stands out for me, and that's Ben Chilwell. Um, okay, the fixtures are tough, and you know, arguably Chelsea are defensively fixture-proof. I think we are, personally. Um, I just think that Fixtures. And I'll talk about fixtures in a minute. I just think that you can you can get more out of other options. Firstly, to start the season, so Ben Chilwell, he will be nailed um, to that side. Uh, there's strong rumours that Alonso will leave the club. I think he will. I think he'll be part of a deal, or he'll go somewhere definite this season, which just leaves Emerson. Now, I think Emerson will be used primarily as a cut player, which means that Chilwell. Um, he, he's gifted that position. He will get that position. My only concern with Chilwell is, and some people might disagree with me, uh, but I just feel that he is a player that loses form or fitness every four or five games. And for that reason, misses a game. So for me, although Chilwell may miss one game out of six, I feel what he offers in those five games in terms of attack on defence is very, very uh, outweighing the, the, the one game that he does miss. However, our fixtures are pretty grim. So we play Palace, which is fantastic. We then play Arsenal, Liverpool, Villa, Tottenham City. However, after that, our fixtures in game week seven. So game week seven, potentially one of the best. You've got a little run, haven't you? Yeah, it's, the, it's one of the best times to get the Chelsea players in. So we've got Southampton, Brentford, Norwich in Newcastle, Burnley, and then we hit Leicester and Man United. So for me, Ben Chilwell would be someone that I would, I'd be massively looking at. Now, let's just flip it over to the attack. Werner, I just there's just not enough value in. He's too expensive. He will primarily play on the left hand side. He might create a lot of goals, but he certainly won't score them. So in terms of confidence and shooting, it's gone. For now, anyway, I'm not just writing Werner completely off because he could, I mean, we could get to game week seven and he could be playing in a, an attack, you know? So, so Havertz, let's just look at Havertz. If we don't buy a striker and Havertz plays a false nine, he is a standout option in attack. 
he's he's a fantastic option. He will play he'll play at the top, he'll play at the false nine, he will score. He you know, and he'll he'll score against some of the biggest teams. But again, fixtures. So in game week seven, if we do not buy a striker, Chilwell Havertz, hundred percent I'd be looking at. So I wouldn't be looking at Werner, Pulisic, Zia. They're all rotational, so I wouldn't I wouldn't even think about them. Now if we do if we do buy a striker then Havertz for me becomes a non-option. He doesn't take set pieces. He won't be as high up the pitch. We'll have a target man, etc. You know, it's it's common sense. So that it's an argument then of who is provider, and that will be Mount. So Mount created just below Bruno amongst the uh, midfielders last last season in terms of chances. He was second amongst midfielders in the Premier League for chances created. What happened with those chances? They were wasted. You know, they were. It was. It was just every ball that Mount put out. It was wasted. We were. You know, we weren't very clinical. It was just sort of all a bit of a waste at the top. Um, and for me, Mount becomes a really good option if we sign a striker of high quality. You're talking Lukaku, um, you know, Harley, whatever. So for me, if we don't, if we do sign a striker, then Mount and Chilwell will definitely probably come in in game week seven. Um, I think they're safe. I think Mount will probably have a standout season if we sign a striker. If we don't, it has to be Chilwell and Havertz. So it's it's really important that we remember that because it, it, in terms of outweighing the other, Havertz and Mount. You know that they're always going to be amongst you know amongst the the options of who to pick, but I just feel the potential that Havertz could have if we don't buy a striker could be it could be pretty um, pretty scary. Um, so that's where I am in terms of Chelsea um, game week seven. I'd be looking at Chelsea. Um, so Max Palace, Crystal Palace. I think you can guess which player is going to um, jump out at you jump out uh, straight away. But Zaha, I mean, you know, he, he got 10 goals, two assists last season. But for me, personally, at 7 million mm. is a lot. The thing is, Palace is another side, I feel like, similar to um, to Burnley in terms of one of those. They've got some tricky fixtures. I mean, they, you know, they got, I think it was Chelsea, Spurs and Liverpool in their first five games. Um, it's one of those where I'm, I feel, and... They've got a new manager as well. They've got Vieira. I mean, yeah. his his managerial expertise. I know he played for Arsenal, but I I don't know how he's done in France and etc. But they've you know they lost was it they lost towns and it's one of those Benteke had good form towards the end of the season, but I feel it's a side that do I think they're going to keep keep a lot of clean sheets? Mm. Probably not. As in t- I know we had the Mitchell was a kind of a really cheap asset last season that got a few points, but. In terms, that's why for me, a defensive point of view, I'm not looking at him to be honest. And then from obviously an attacking point of view, you could potentially gamble on Benteke. But is there other assets that are more appealing? Yes. And if I look at Zaha, um, we know he's, he's got talent to probably play at most sides in the Premier League. But mm. again, initially with the tricky fixtures, maybe it's a player that you want to bring in later on in the season. Um, but for me, I, I'm not looking at any kind of palace assets initially. Um, 
because of that. But what, yeah. what about you, Lewis? You get, at a glance over them, or are you similar sort of stance as me? I'm 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 sort of in the sort of situation where I'm thinking, looking at Crystal Palace and thinking, is this is a Burnley? This is another Burnley. Um, mm. I just I just feel like their assets are overpriced. Even the good value ones like Mitchell. I mean, I mean they don't have the fixtures to maintain any sort of returns. I I don't feel, um, and I just don't really. <laughs> They just don't interest me when I'm talking about them either. <laughs> and it's just, I, I really got yeah. really bored then just talking about them. So yeah, let's just move on. Do you move um, on to others? <laughs> yeah, because to be honest, this is a completely different situation. So I'll let you talk about Everton. I mean, yeah, we've, they've got a new manager. Um, initially, there's a few players there and I think they have got a lot of potential to get a lot of points. And if you look at, Everton in terms of, I'm always looking at the kind of, from the start of the Prem, you know, the first initial fixtures. I know we mentioned some later, you know, fixture runs that are good. But if we mm. start, you know, from the from the get-go, Everton are one of those sides, similar to Villa. I mean, you could argue they've got six first, well, maybe Villa's a trick, more tricky one, but the first kind of six uh, fixtures, they've got definitely, you know, three, three winnable games and Look at Calvert Lewin in terms of his performance last season. Um, you know, sixteen goals, kind of standout performer. And one of the things I was looking at also is you know, players from the start of the season that have done, um, you know, done well from the start. So I looked at some stats in regards to players from you know the first to, first game week to the sixth, and Calvert Lewin was up there with the likes, you know, Son Kane and. I think Son Kane, Salah, Bamford, and Zaha were the only players that got more points in the first six game weeks than Calvert-Lewin. Um, so for me, he's he's one of those players that I, I've, I have been looking at. And of course, if I go on to another player that uh, you know who I'm going to probably say is, you know, the defender. Dig, mm. uh, do you know what? Even though we pronounce, right, pronounce can we his just, name... Like, can we just set this straight? It's Dingue. No, it's Dean. Dean? Dean. Luca, like, Dean. Luca Dean. Okay, Dean. <laughs> Do you know what? It's the G that puts me off. That's the thing. But if we look at it's, Luca Dean, he got twelve go. clean sheets. I'm saying it perfectly. Yeah. They need to get me on. Need to get me on BBC Sport, Lewis. I know. Doing some of the doing some of the commentary. Though. <laughs> they want to what team? That, what, as a listener, you want to what team's playing? But yeah, twelve clean sheets, seven assists last term. Um, he's at that kind of five point five million price bracket with the likes of Creswell. Um, but again, you look at the first set of fixtures. He has probably got that, you know, the the like the chances to keep a clean sheet and also get an attacking return for for Calvert Lewin. So, mm. yeah, they're the first standout, obvious choices as well. But you know, they're the first initial players that are jumping out from Everton for me. I think strategically, you look at Everton's fix, fixtures as a seasoned player. You look at it and think. I mean, you must look at it and think. Okay. This is this is what this is what I want to base a part of my team around. I want to base part of my team around Everton, because you look at Everton, Everton's fixtures: Southampton, Leeds, Brighton, Burnley, Villa, Norwich. That's six game weeks on the trot that you look at and think, "Wow, they could really get something." Some points from there, yeah, yeah, and defensively. So defensively and offensively, we could be looking at uh, a lot of points now. It's interesting because there's a lot of variables with Everton. We know that Sigurdsson is out um, for other reasons. We know that 
Richarlison has is in the Olympics, so he could miss the early days. How does this benefit or put Everton at a disadvantage? Now we know. Well, looking at it stats-wise, I've looked into some stats and DCL performs better with Ricarlison. However, Dean performs better without Sigurdsson because he takes... Well, he's we know that Siggy is a big part in terms of the set-pieces. So for me, if Dean takes over all set-pieces, it's, it's a fantastic, isn't it? It's a great positive. And then we look at Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who without Ricarlison, you could be looking at and thinking, will he take the penalties? Because there's, there's obviously some there's some rumours and, and rhetoric around uh, James Rodriguez leaving. Um, for some reason, uh, Benitez is happy for Rodriguez to go, which I find absolutely nuts. But anyway, um, so in, in so in terms of Everton, I, I wouldn't mind Pickford as a as a, a as a um, sat and forget five million. I think he's I think he'd offer great value. He'd probably offer a lot of saves, um, clean sheets. So I wouldn't mind that. I prefer the four point five million. But so let's let's just look at the um, the back line and the attack a little bit more. Uh, Luca Dean, obviously. We know, and, and, and I don't know if you saw the video the other day, he, of the direct free kick he scored from outside the box. I saw it, yeah, I saw yeah. a few. It was like a compilation of you know, different free kicks he's been taking. I mean, just an incredible finish. So the double up of Luca Dean and DCL, I would be perfectly looking at. And for me, they come as a pair because they both complement what each other are trying to do attacking attacking wise when we look at the stats from last season we'll see that amongst defenders Dean was third for crossing fifth for successful crosses fourth for big chances created now we we combine that with DCL who was first amongst forwards with headed goals which was seventh uh, and and second for headed goal attempts so for me it it just seems like the perfect duo of, of set plays and DCL Heading, heading them in from set plays, you know, the, 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 the Dean DCL combination. So for me, I think they've got the potential there to go get a load of clean sheets, Dean to get a load of assists and DCL to get a load of goals. And I just think we have to be looking at Everton in, 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 in that sense. Um, let's just, let's just move on so away from Everton. So we've decided we know that Everton are a great, uh, great team to start with. Let's look at Leeds. Leeds, you know, if I straight away, one player that I don't know, you know, when I've been reviewing, you know, my team and looking and also looking at players and stats and etc. One player I think, well, hasn't really, I don't even think he's been in any of my drafts is Bamford. And then I think, well, and I haven't seen him, you know, just not that I look at people, you know, people's teams and Twitter and think, oh, I need him because he's got him. But I haven't seen him in many drafts online as well in the community. So, and if we look at, you know, Bamford, to state the obvious, but, you know, the number of goals, 17 goals, seven assists, I believe. And, you know, the only players that kind of, there's only a few players that got more. I think it was, you know, Kane, Salah, Fernandes and Son. And, and you look at their price points in the league and he's, he's also getting assists. I know Lee's... The only thing that's put me off somewhat for Leeds, you know, they've got some, you know, in the first, I think they got, you know, the United the first game, then they've got Everton and then I think Liverpool in game week four. But then you, you there's, 
the thing is with Leeds as well, we've seen they can perform against the better sides as well. Um, mm. So Bamford is, of course, a player that it's difficult because they've increased his price now to like, he's the same price as Calvert-Lewin, I believe, at 8 million. So he's yeah. one of those where he's not that cheap asset, you know, that bargain player that you could have nicked last season, which is a bit annoying from official FPL point of view. But I know what they've done it. They don't want to make it too easy for us. Um, no. But yeah, he's the first player I initially looked at. I mean, you you could think about Dallas. Now he's not in defence anymore. For me, I know he's in midfield and he's still, you know, he, he gets a few goals and etc. But could he, could he, you know, suddenly get put back in defence? But at 5.5, he's he's not, for me, in, in midfielder, he's not a player I've considered just purely on that basis. Um, I don't want to go for every single player because I know you, I don't want to leave some players for you. There's a, Certain Brazilian, I know that you probably will mention, but if I go to de- you know defenders, Ailing is is a player. You know they got eleven clean sheets as much as um, Leeds were a very attacking side last season. They did get you know a decent amount of, of, yeah. um, of clean sheets. So again, and he's four point five million. So it depends on Leeds. Is, uh, there's a few players that you could you know you could find alternatives for, but at the same time, I think Bamford is a player just purely on his you know is it. As, um, attacking point of view, he assists and he scores. I think it is expected points the next season is also very high. So yeah, they're the players I've been looking at at Leeds, and for obviously just reasons. Mm. I think I have to agree, and, and obviously, I think as two mentioned in the same players only reinforces the fact that they're great options. So for me, Ailing at four point five million straight away is a steal. I think, although he didn't hit the heights of Dallas last season, I just feel. That amongst that sort of price range in such an attacking team, um, he also rotates uh, really well with a Leicester defender. I found so, in, in terms of in terms of um, all those different uh, you know components of, of of why to bring Gailing in, I just think he's he's a great all round option. He loves running to bomb forward. He loves to attack, and I just feel he's a great option. Um, Rafina for me, we know that leads are a, a pretty fixture-proof, don't we? You know, we, we we know that we can trust Leeds to get um, attacking returns against anyone, which is why I really want to start the season with Rafinha, uh, with Rafinha. And he could arguably have been price-rised this year. You know, he's he's definitely underpriced, I feel. And I feel, I feel like he could have had a million-pound height to 7.5 million. Um, so for me, Rafinha is 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 a great standout. Although they play United, it gets it does get easier. You know, they play Everton, Burnley, uh, and then after Liverpool, they play Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, Southampton. Game week five, Wolves. you could say, you know, you yeah. get him from game week five. Is maybe it depends if you are not hundred percent sure on the fixtures. You could say get him from then. Yeah, for me, um, he he just represents great value, and I just feel that we, you know, that I I, I feel like I have to start with Rafina, uh, because I'm going to want to get him in anyway as well. Um, I just want to quick make a quick point on Bamford. I do feel like he's been a little bit overlooked. Um, you know, he played he's he might be the same as Dominic Calvert-Lewin, but he he could arguably be as effective. Uh, he takes penalties. He, you know. I, I just I just feel he's been overlooked slightly, Bamford, and I just feel there will come a time where we even look at Rodrigo. Uh, we you know we were looking at that totally sort of price bracket. Well, Rodrigo I think is only six million. So if 
we we weren't happy with Tony and we found that Rodrigo was getting a lot more minutes, then I just think he 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 could also be an option. Um so so yeah, that's Leeds. It's quite straightforward because we know how good Leeds are. Let's just move on to Leicester. So do you want me to go first in terms yeah, of Leicester? Yeah. I mean Leicester Vardy is another player that I feel I know he's he's expensive. I know he's you know he's ten point five million, but is it fifteen goals, nine assists last season? The only concern I have though is, you know, with the with the new player, new signing Dakar. Um, I mean, currently, could you argue that he's you know the other player is a striker uh, from you know the Austrian league, and he got a very good season last. I think it was twenty seven goals he scored and four assists last season. Um, so you could argue, is there potential for Vardy to maybe get shuffled about with him and even Ian Nacho? Could you argue? And Madison's still there, you know, he's still at Leicester. I know there's talks and speculation about Arsenal signing him, but and then you could argue, well, if that's the case, then maybe Ian Nacho could play, you know, attacking midfield maybe, and Vardy and Dakar up top. But either way, I think looking at his stats and you know his potential. Um, mm. Let's, I think Vardy is another player that has gone heavily underlooked. I mean, if you look at the you know the first few games, I know they've got City in in uh, game week four, but again, Leicester is a, a, are another side that similar to Leeds, who can arguably you know on their day be be any of the top sides. So for me, Vardy is the, the kind of jump out player. I know last season we toyed with Madison a lot. You know, we had a lot of belief mm. on the basis that we we had him early on, and he had that that first initial spell before he got injured, he was very good. Um, but for me, Vardy's obviously the standout player. You could look at perhaps some of the defenders and Fafana as well. He's a very cheap option and looks looks uh, solid in that defence in terms of starting. So he's another option. But they're the first, you know, the first two players that jumped mm. out for me. And the assist potential is from Vardy is another factor that is making me think, uh, you know, similar to Bamford. Why haven't I actually... Yeah, why haven't I got him in my side? And yeah, it makes it makes you ask questions about that as well. What interests me about Leicester this season is Fafana. Um, he's four point five million. We know that Johnny Evans is out as well, so he's sort of solidified at the back. He, he's just a little bit boring for me, and he, there's nothing wrong with being boring. You know, there's clean sheets. It's great. Leicester probably one of the best teams in the league. Um, they'll probably improve defensively as well. I I just feel he could be. He could be a good option, um, and and in rotation with um, with with Ailing. Now, also we need to take into account Barnes because he's just come back from a serious injury. So we need to, I think, wait and see on 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 Barnes. And also, there's a lot of rumours with Madison to Arsenal as well. So I, I just feel lesser a, a little bit up in the air. Um, offensively, and, and I just don't, I, I don't see a clear path to Leicester in attack quite yet, just just yet, because again, Ian Archer, you know, they're trying to fit all these players into one team, you know, first eleven, and I'm not too sure how Ian Archer is going to fit into that. Um, I'm not saying he won't play; of course, he'll play. He's got great form. He's he's also great value. Um, he's cheap. I just feel we've got more nailed-on options. I might look at Leicester in game week 13 
it's a nice little fixture swing in game week 13 where i plan to use my wild card um but that a lot could change uh, until then so liverpool i'm guessing this is going to be quite an easy one yeah i mean everyone it's probably the first team where i think these sets of players is probably in you know they're the highest owned players initially and it's probably the first set of players that you probably put in your side and that first player probably being Salah. I mean, we just we know that what he's capable of season after season. Um, you know the goals he's scored and and the potential for assists as well. So of course that he's pricey, but he's one of those premiums where you know is a have to have kind of player. And then of course we move on to Trent and uh, Robert uh, Robertson. So of course then another two players, both expensive. So whether you have both is um. You know, it it means you're going to have to probably make a little bit of a sacrifice elsewhere. Mm. But Trent yeah. is obviously the more. I think even though Robertson, I believe, got I think it was only a few more few points more than him last season. I think purely on the basis that you know Trent, I think could offer more, and he's obviously a half a million kind of to reflect that half a million yeah. more to reflect that. But if you look at potentially take away Salah out of the equation, you could you another player that's kind of been ringing in my ears is Yossa and whether. Jossa, where I know he's got, I think it was at nine goals in nineteen appearances last season, and for me, he's um he, he's an asset, but I just feel I'm not hundred percent sure if he's gonna, you know, he's gonna play and like you said with with Leicester players, big Ian Acho, he's gonna feature, but is he gonna start? I, I don't know. It's it's difficult for me, and for mm-hmm. that basis, I don't know whether because I was originally there was points where during the season I was like, do you know what? Do I risk not having a Salah and just go with Yotta instead? But yeah, again, it's it's so difficult. But I feel Yotta is a tad more risky. I mean, for me, Liverpool they ha- they have some great fixtures. So they play Norwich away, Burnley at home. They play Chelsea, which is turf. Then they play Leeds, Palace, and Brentford. So I'm looking at those fixtures and thinking, I like the triplet, but then because I'm sort of trying to be a bit more safer this season, I, I, I'm just going to be, go- I'm not going to be going in with any triple ups or, or just probably keep it to double ups at most. Um, although I do like the sound of Trent Robertson and Salah, I just feel that we could probably be a little bit safer and maybe drop Robertson. I just feel that Trent offers more of a goal threat. Um, I've seen him in pre-season and he, he just looked really sharp. Some great uh, finishes in, in, in training as well. And I think he just really stands out. He's beefed up. He, you know, he's just looking powerful. He's looking strong. Uh, we know Robertson is a great asset. We know that, um, you know, he, we know that he can he can keep up with Trent. I just think that the season ahead, Trent is going to have a really good season. Um, and especially with uh, Van Dijk back. So, for, by all means, the, the Liverpool double-up is, is warranted uh, if Van Dijk is back. It's, you know, it's a great, it is a great option. I wouldn't deny that. I just, with me trying to be a bit safer, I'd probably just stick with just Salah and uh, Salah and Trump. But yeah, in terms of Jota, I mean, it's a bit of a doubt there. I, I, he's not really been, he's not really impressed me that much either the latter part of last season than the Euros. Um, Euros, he looked a bit suspect a few times. Yeah, but... just not, 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 just not very, you know, not very convincing. Um, but yeah, I think 
we should probably move on because Liverpool is quite an easy one, isn't it? Now, over to a tough one, Man City. Pep Roulette. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. I, do you know what? My team, I, this is the biggest dilemma I've had, really, I feel, because I want Kevin De Bruyne in my team and he costs so much money. Yeah, <laughs> the obvious. He's he's twelve twelve million. Um, the thing is with City and a lot of their assets, um, their attacking players. There is you know players like Mars, players like Foden, you know Torres, Sterling. They some for me, it's there's a bit of doubt, you know, whether they're going to play or not. Whereas I feel like Kevin De Bruyne, if he's fit, he's one player that I feel is is in the team. You know, secure pick. Um, yeah, and but it's just the price, and I feel like. If I, you know, if you say you want Salah, um, you want Kevin De Bruyne, and you want Fernandez, and then mm. you want, say, you want Trent Alexander and Arnold as well, suddenly you're you're massively restricting other areas. I mean, you yeah. might be able to have one striker that's slightly more expensive, but you're talking, you know, five or six players that are probably the cheapest in their kind of bracket in positions, and probably aren't going to play. So he, having him in your team. Is, is difficult. Um, you've also got players that stand up players at Cancelo, which also had rotation risk last season. Mm. Um, you've got Diaz, you know, the centre back. He's safe, isn't he? He's Diaz, safe. You know, he's, he's safe. Yeah, it's but just. Is he, is it, he fun? Is it? You know, is he? Is, does he true. offer that much? Does he offer it like, like you said in terms of Trent? Does he offer what he? No, I don't think he does in terms mm. of you know creativity. I know he's a centre back, so you you kind of don't expect that. But yeah. at six million. You I could go with price, yeah. and you could. So for me, that's the the kind of thought. All the city players are expensive, understandably, because you know they scored the most goals, they got the most clean sheets. You know, it's just navigating who's going to play and and who you're going to sacrifice. It depends. If you think a city player is key, then you can of course amend your squad around them. It's just for me, there's also you know doubt about Kevin De Bruyne. Is he starting the season or not? Is he fit? You know, he had that injury in the Euros, mm. but. It's, what about? I mean, are you same sort of mindset in terms of some of the city assets. Have you got anyone at the moment, or you you've cleared steered away from them? No, I, I just feel that I'm um, I'm completely away from Man City at the moment. I just I just I don't I'm not buying the whole uh, Morris sort of bandwagon that's being created on on Twitter. It's he, you know he's he's got a terrible record against the big teams. Um, the last thirty matches, I think I was having a chat with someone on Twitter and. FPL Libero or something, and he he was just doing a bit of digging, and Morris he, he just tends to go missing in the big games, and as we know, City have got some big games to play. They've got Tottenham, Norwich, Arsenal, Leicester, Southampton, Chelsea, and Liverpool. So, I mean, it's it's easy to say that City is fixture proof in terms of defence and offence, but I just feel that it's a lot harder for City to beat someone 3 um, lot you know, beat, beat a, a, a team like Leicester or Chelsea or, or Liverpool 3 nil than it would be for someone else to beat a weaker team 2 or 3 nil. So in terms of potential and opportunity, I just think there's better options elsewhere. Uh, moving forward, obviously, if we see Kane to Man City, that's a big, that's a big, big, uh, a big situation. I mean, that would be a draft. Uh, would you get talent. KDB in then? No, I'd be, I would fully avoid um, Kevin De Bruyne to be honest I think it would have to be Kane I would be looking at Kane for City I think you know he, he'd probably claim penalties straight away the only issue is he's not going to play his first 
uh, playing the first game week against uh, Spurs, you know, his old his old team. And I mean, it's all it's all ifs and buts at the moment. But Kane would come in uh, for me if he went to City. Um, I doubt I doubt he'd be rotated that much with Kevin De Bruyne. Um, also, looking ahead, City have got a few good fixture swings. So in 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 game week in game week around game week eight, sorry. Uh, they play Burnley, Brighton, and Crystal Palace, and then again, um, again in game week thirteen, you know they play West Ham, Villa, Watford, Wolves, Leeds, Newcastle. So similar to Chelsea, they have a good fixture swing around game week seven, eight, eight-ish, and I just think there's there's better points in the fixture calendar that we could be bringing these players in, and I just think there's better options out there for cheaper. Yeah, so in terms of City, I think I'd be avoiding, uh, but I just think with Kane, you're looking at the addition of Grealish on the side, providing Kane along with Kevin De Bruyne. I think, I think that's too much. Too, you know, that's hard to ignore for anyone. So, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I'm still clinging to the prospect of me having KDB and fitting yeah. him in there somehow. I just yeah. feel he's so good, but. Like you said, it's a fair point. There's probably earlier fixtures and better fixture swings that where mm, KDB definitely. could potentially another attacking player could come yeah. in. So, yeah, I understand your point of view, totally. Let's just move on to Man United because obviously they're quite an exciting team, aren't they, uh, to start the season with by the looks of it. Yes, and to, to the listeners' uh, surprise, I did not have Bruno Fernandes at all last season. He was a player that I just... I don't know what I think it was the other some of the other players I had and I just had this kind of stubborn hatred towards him <laughs> just on the mm. basis of the way he played but he, you know he's a points machine the goals and assists he had last season um he's a player of course that is probably in a lot of people's minds he's you know United have got a fair you know they've got some you could argue Leeds is a slightly more trickier fixture but you know for the first you know, six or so games, they're all arguably winnable. And Bruno Fernandes, 18 goals, 12 assists last season, he's he's up, he's up there. Um, and I think he's a player that everyone would have considered if they don't have him in their team already. They're thinking about having him in their team. Um, mm-hmm. Shaw is a player for me that I feel he could do do really well this season. Um, I think with the arrival of Varane, you could argue potential for more clean sheets. And of course, Shaw gets forward as he does already, and um, and not to go on about every single player, but as as I'm another signing of Sancho, could you could argue it could offer a potentially more chance for um, Shaw to get an assist as well. But that's a player that Sancho uh, Lewis. What's your opinion on Sancho? Are you thinking about him, or is he a player that you think Do you know what new signing? I'll see how he does, and then if he's on fire, I'll bring him in. I think the situation is is that with Sancho, he's a £9.5 million player. He's got everyone really excited because he's cheaper than what people expected. Um, he's English, and I think there's also some sort of... I, I do feel like there's a little bit of over, over-evaluation of players if they're English. And, and, and that's nothing against Sancho because I think he's a, a fantastic player. Um, but I just feel it... I just feel it's all a bit too much. Similar to Werner and Havertz last year. Um, and I'm such a hypocrite because it was me who got excited about Werner and Havertz last season, brought them in and, and they obviously um, 
you know, they didn't perform and they had to, ha- you know, they had to adjust to the league and etc. So, in terms of Sancho, he's a wait and see. Um, I'm not buying into the fact that just because moving Bruno to Sancho it gives me extra money that that's a good move. I I do not believe it at all. I just think Bruno is a machine, and, and going against Bruno is is and you'll know this, Max. Not owning Bruno is 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 critical to rank. It's you know we can we can moan about ownership and say ownership's not important or or you shouldn't think about ownership. The fact is, it's very much there, and Bruno is going to be. He's going to be captained. He's going to be captained a lot. Maybe not by the top 10k players or the top, you know, 1 million players, but he will be captained a lot, which will drive up his ownership. You know, so if you don't own Bruno and he does earn a penalty, which United are very uh, prolific at, by the way. Uh, there's a lot of people in the community saying that United can't keep up penalties, but they've proven that they can. Um, so for me, it's not just all about penalties, though. I just feel that he can create a chance from nothing. He's looked to as the team's, you know, ball carrier, the leader. He's looked to to create stuff. Um, it, it's great for Bruno that Cavani's going to be hopefully fresh and fit for the start of the season. Um, I just think there's a lot uh, to point in the direction of Bruno. Bruno is a must for me, and he's definitely uh, starting in, in in my team. But agree with the loop, sure. I think. He's massively been underpriced. I feel like they could have priced short at six million or six point five, and I probably still would have bought him. I just think the fixtures United have got, you know, Leeds, Southampton, Wolves, Newcastle, West Ham, Villa, Everton. You know, it's it's hard to ignore them. So for me, the double up would probably be um, Bruno and Shaw. I mean, of course, other good options: Cavani, maybe. Um, Greenwood. Mason Greenwood. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it it just seems like a bit. I don't want to keep set throwing the word around bandwagon, but it just feels a bit like. You know, it, it was it was. I think Bru- I think Greenwood was highly regarded going into last season as well. You know, a lot. I think a lot of people owned him last season, and there was a lot of hype around Greenwood. Um, I just don't think Ollie trusts him quite yet. I don't think he's. He he's a trusted player. I'm, I'm not too sure how. I could be wrong. He could play. Um, I just feel. I like know, understand what you mean. It's difficult yeah. to predict. I feel the United lineup at the moment because Rashford, I believe, is. I think he's just had a shoulder operation. I believe. Well, he's in. He's injured. Yeah, from, he's he's having one. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, and then Bruno, I think, will start. Sancho, I believe, will as well. But then, if, of course, you've got the likes of Martial still knocking about, and you've got Cavani and. Again, it it does. You could argue, does that impact the potential of Greenwood as well? So, but again, he he did score a few goals. You know, towards the end of the season, he was quite a quite a lot of people would you know getting at him. But I understand what you're saying. Bruno Fernandez definitely for for many is and for most people should be the that asset to have. Yeah, so I think United obviously starting with United assets similar to the likes of Everton, similar to the likes of Liverpool are probably top of the list in in terms of um, that first team going into the open of the season. Uh, let me just que- uh, briefly touch upon in Newcastle. Um, I'm just going to put it out there already, apart from Callum Wilson, who is very, very injury prone. And he's, al- he's already picked up a, a small hamstring 
issue um, already. It, it, Newcastle just don't really interest me. And although Callum Wilson was great in parts of the season, I'm just, I just do I do I need him pulling a hamstring, uh, similar to Antonio after a couple of games. You know, it's just, I, I'm not too sure. Uh, it, it, Same mindset as you, Lewis. Yeah, they just uh, don't interest me, Newcastle this season. Seven point five million, I think he is, Wilson. He's he's a bit pricey for me. I mean, we know what he can do. Was it twelve goals, five assists last season? But I think, yeah, it's Newcastle. They're not a side similar. They're in the same kind of bracket as we said, Palace and Burnley. They're not a side that jumps out. And mm-hmm. Saint Maximin, another player you could say, oh, you know, he's he could. A few people had him last season, but yeah, Newcastle as a side is not. I feel there's better assets elsewhere. I just don't. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of people talking about Wilson being overlooked. I mean, I just I, I'm not keen on the fixtures. I'm not keen on his sort of injury. Um, and I know we could say the same for Antonio, but West Ham are a convincing team, and they have some good fixtures and we'll, we'll move on to West Ham shortly but with Newcastle they're just not convincing I don't know what we're going to expect they could be relegated and I wouldn't be surprised so again it's a tough one uh, let's just move on to Norwich so well Pukey is a player that obviously we've mm. people there was he was there you know in the past in the league and he was scoring a lot of goals and I know a lot of people had him back in the day when he when he was in there. Well, it's not that long ago. I say back in the day, like it was 20 years ago. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, he's got <coughs> was it, he got a, a lot of goals last season. Um, I know they've lost their attacking player in Bundia, but they've yeah. still got Cantwell, you know, and they've got Billy Gilmore. I don't know what your thoughts are on him leaving, but I think he'll be a good player for them. So you could argue he's he might have some potential, but I still feel, you know, Norwich, their first set of fixtures is Liverpool, City, Leicester, Arsenal. I mean, is he gonna is he gonna hit the ground running? You know, I don't think so. I don't know what you what you think, Lewis, but yeah, I think in terms of assets, they're kind of. I mean, you could argue Max Aaron's maybe. You know, he's a, he's a bright talent, and Williams is he another player that you consider because he's four million mm. as well. But who's gonna play? That's the that's the question mark because I believe they're both right backs, but. Yeah, they're the main assets I've been looking at at, at Norwich. So, into, again, into, you know, I think we're pretty agreed on Norwich. Um, Gilmore, nice little enabler, 4.5 million, but we could argue that, that Brownhill from Burnley, who has scored in pre-season, um, could, could, could probably be better than Gilmore. Um, Brownhill, who we didn't touch upon on Burn, in, the, in the Burnley section, um, is, is currently my enabler. Um so again, in terms of Norwich, it's yeah okay. We could look at Max Ahrens. I mean, we don't really know, you know, how Norwich are going to perform. Uh, the fixtures are really bad. They do turn in five um, to fifteen, like we've already sort of discussed with the Tony replacement in Puki. Um, Puki, another player that we just we just don't know if he's going to recover the the sort of burst of form that he did last time we, he was in the league and. I just think it's really important for those first few weeks that we see Pukie doing well to then think, hang on, okay, it's 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 game week five now. Uh, we're we've got Watford at home. You know, do we do we bring Pukie in for Tony possibly? Um, so for me, I think primarily 
Pukki would be one to watch. Um, so in in terms of Norwich, that's that's where I'm at. Um, Southampton. Well, I was going to mention Danny Ings, but of course, Danny, yeah. <laughs> Danny Ings has out of nowhere gone to Aston Villa. But Che Adams is another player that, of course, is is a you know I think he got slightly more points than um, in FPL last season than Ings. But again, mm. the main other player is obviously Ward Prowse, and he's he's a, a midfield player that's that you 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 could potentially get. But I mean, Southampton without Ings, you could argue is. Is it going to be how many assists are they going to get? Yeah. Um, from Ward Prowse's point of view, um, I just don't think Southampton. I don't know. For me, they're a team that I haven't really looked at many of their assets because I feel for me, I, I'm I'm avoiding them in similar to some of the other teams. I mean, yeah. defensively, they've had points where they've done well. I mean, McCarthy was a point where he was quite good value last season, but then again, they kind of tailed off towards it. So it's a difficult one. I think their assets are kind of hard to predict. So I mean, in 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 terms of Southampton, for me, just have no interest at all, and I think that's fair because not only have they sold Ings, we're we're now looking at a potential um, Shea Adams at front, which again I'm not, you know, I'm not exactly excited by, and I I just think with the fixtures, Everton, United, Newcastle, West Ham, City. I just don't feel like that's very. Um, it, it, it's it's that great for Southampton. Um, I just feel like Southampton have got a better fixtures in game week eight. They play Leeds, Burnley, Watford, and Villa and Norwich. So that's a good five game run, which gives us eight weeks from now till then to sort of decide, you know, how how they're going to settle in, how you know how that how good they're going to be this season, because obviously. They were first last season at, at one point, which you know, which I thought, okay, Southampton are going to do have a pretty good season, and then yeah, it was just all downhill from there. So, but yeah, let's just move on to Spurs because obviously this is quite an interesting, uh, interesting one. So, Son, the first player I wanted to talk about. I mean, mm. he's I know he's gone up in price to ten million, but he's a player that I feel he has been overlooked. I think I've. I've overlooked him. I mean, in terms of the start of last season, him and Kane were just on fire. I think Son got the most points in the first one to six game weeks in that season with, it was that 70 points above, you know, and Kane was just behind him with 65. So they started strong. I mean, you could argue, what does it mean now? Is Kane going? Is he not? What does it mean for Son if Kane goes? Does it mean he's more attacking and even better asset? Or, you know, does it affect his ability to getting assists um but from in my point of view i think son and son i've just mentioned kane as well two assets i mean kane is a tricky one i think at the moment because of his price i'm just i have stayed away from him because i don't know what's happening in terms of you know his transfer etc but son at 10 million i mean you know he we can we've seen the quality of his finishing at, against top sides i mean he, he, i know they've got city in the um you know, in the in the first game, but then they, you know, they've got Wolves, um, Wolves, Watford, Crystal Palace next, and then I know they've got Chelsea, Arsenal after that. But realistically, can Son score against Chelsea? Yeah, he scored against Arsenal, you know, in Arsenal last season. So he, for me, is a standout Son uh, at the moment, um, which is obvious. It's not a surprise. The number of points he got last season um, and the number of points he's expected to get this season. 
Um, and in terms of goal threat, the only players that are more kind of that offer as much goal threat is from looking at the stats is, you know, Kane, Salah and Fernandez. Um, so, yeah, Son, from looking at, you know, other positions in the Spurs, has any of the defenders jumped out at me for Spurs? No. I mean, mm. you, um, not for me. Any, yeah, it's, and Loris is a bit, you know, he's not, was he 5.5 5. 5 million, I believe? Um, yeah, and he's yeah. not a player that kind of jumps out to me either. So, if I'm looking at the, that's the only frustrating thing is Spurs is you know, Son and Kane are the two assets that stand out to me. And they, of course, of course cost a lot. I know a lot of people have been saying, you know, Deli Ali, you know, is he 6.5 million? And there's talk of him, you know, potentially, you know, is he going to get get back into the side now? And it's difficult. It's difficult. You could argue Doherty might have a rerun. You know, he's, you know, back with his old manager, but I don't know. For me, the only the key player that I would look at is Son at uh, Spurs. Yeah, I think I've got to agree, and I just, I just, in terms of having to pick a having to pick an asset that isn't Kane, it would be Son, obviously. However, I'm not convinced of that Spurs attack without Kane. I'm just not, and and there's a lot of hype around Son out of position. He's an out of position player. He could play up front. He could have penalties, but the. I mean, the fact is, we we could we could be we could have quite simply a a average attack, and I don't mean in terms of some because you know he we know he's a great player. He's so so clinical. I just mean Spurs were very heavily reliant on on Son and Kane last season, and and now we could be potentially going into a season where they're just relying on Son, you know. And, and, and players that have have you know have been you know under average for the past few years and Lucas and and Deli Ali and, and 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 a couple more. I just feel like yes, okay. Although Son, the potential for Son could be good in 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 the sense that he's out of position and that he's getting penalties. But also, we have to remember that Son and Kane's the, the you know the connection on the pitch last season had a massive contribution to the amount of goals that both of those players scored um, and both of the chances they created. So I would treat Tottenham without Kane as a as a wait and see. Um, we know they play City early doors, so I wouldn't be including any players against City um, for that first game. I mean, they... they, they after City, they then play Wolves, Watford, and Palace. So you could argue that that three game stretch is a, is is enough to bring a couple of players in. Maybe um, if Kane's still at Tottenham, you know he he would become priority for me over Son. Um, and then we start talking about the free premium draft with Trent, and then don't we? So that's a different sort of dynamic discussion entirely. But um, I would potentially for Spurs be waiting for game week 11 um, their fixtures swing and they play Everton, Leeds Burnley, Brantford, Norwich Brighton so that's six games that I'm looking at and thinking that's a nice, it's a nice because it's also the same time, it's also the, the uh, similar time that I won a wild card so it, it's a tough one with Spurs, it's tough to know what you're going to do with Kane if he moves um, so for me, the the, the defence I'm not too keen on. I, 
you know, uh, Regron is, 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 he's okay priced, but I just feel there's probably better options out there. Um, yeah, I definitely think there is. Yeah, I think I'd probably avoid the entire Spurs back line. I wouldn't, I would, I would treat Son as potentially a new signing um, without Kane because He's, he was very dependent on Kane last season, so he'd be a sort of wait-and-see, sort of sanctuary type of player. Um, whereas with Kane, we're talking about the best striker in the league, playing for the best team in the league. So that's really tough to ignore. Um, so I think a lot of Spurs, it comes down to transfers, doesn't it? It comes down to does Kane leave? Um and, and if he if he stays, he's still an asset. We you know we know what he's capable of. Um, and if he leaves the city, he you know he's he's probably a must have, isn't he? I mean, you got yeah the the attacking players. Whoever I know, there's the Pep Roulette City, but whoever it is, when they're assisting, they'll be assisting Kane, and yeah, yeah. Kane's going to have it. He only mm. had you could argue Son assisting before, whereas now he's going to have a lot a a lot more. Not to be you know look down upon some of the attacking assets at Tottenham, but a lot more attacking threat that could offer better, you know, yeah. assists and creativity. So let's just get through the last three and they're all W. So let's start with Watford. Um, how are you feeling about Watford? Well, personally, I, I did look at a couple of players as a more of enablers. Um, I was mm. looking at uh, Pedro uh, and uh, um, Dini, you know, 5.5 million. I was mm-hmm. essentially looking at one, you know, it's tricky to see who, because Dini was injured a bit uh, looking at last season and who who's going to actually play. But Saw, um, take your fancy. I mean, I know he's, yeah, 6 million. He was their top goal scorer last season, I think. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, top goal scorer, I think, I believe, with 13 goals, which isn't, when you look at players like Tony and see how many goals he got, I mean, Again, but he plays in midfield as well, so that you've got to consider that. But has he jumped out of me, Saar? No. Uh, no. I mean, you could argue, would he Would he get more goals than maybe um, Emil Smith-Rowe, potentially? But then, because, you know, on the basis that some of the previous you know performances and goals he scored but prior but I don't know for me Watford I haven't been looking I haven't looked to bring any of their Watford them, mm. their players in I don't know about you if you've you plan to bring in Saar maybe or yeah I think um Bachman is an option at the back 4.5 million pound goalkeeper yeah. uh, had a really good record actually at home last season Watford um I would probably prefer uh Robert Sanchez though um, so I, I know there's a lot of guys, a lot of managers out there who fancy Backman uh, to start the season with, um, and you know, it's 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 rightly so because they've got some great fixtures to start off with. I'm just not too sure if I prefer them to Brighton. Um, game week four is interesting because the same week that uh, uh, that Buendia and Villa hit tough fixtures, Saw and Watford open up against Wolves, then play. Norwich, Newcastle, and Leeds. So if I wasn't too happy on going um, into those fixtures with Buendia, it would it would just be an easy switch for me. So it just gives me time to check out the first few fixtures for Watford and, and then potentially just um, do a switch. But other than that, there's not really many um, not many options for Watford that I would be uh, particularly interested in. Um, so let's just move on to West Ham. 
um, quite a quite a big team for assets last season. Yeah, uh, Creswell is a standout player for me. Um, five point five million. You know, he was top in defender assists um, last season. I mean, if, in terms of yeah, he he just for me the creativity and the fact that West Ham do did look a good side last season. You know, you see where they finished up and in the season and. They're looking. Um, I know they've got Antonio up top, who's a little bit injury prone, but and he's an obviously, of course, another asset that you can look at and think. You know, he's assuming he doesn't pull his hamstring. <laughs> he's he's you know he's a great. He's he's when he's playing well, he's a great asset. Um, Creswell though, for me, he's five point five million, and you could argue he has the same potential as some of the slightly more uh, attacking. Um, a slightly more expensive assets in defence yeah. from some of the more you know prestigious sides, if you like. But he another he's one of the main players that stood out for me. But then another player, another few players that I know full well of Courtney Bazaar, the likes of Bowen and Ben Rama. You know, do they do they um, perform at some some of the you know points they have last season? And and can they can West Ham kind of carry on the form they have in the past? It's you know mm. it's all if buts and maybe's at the moment. You don't know. Yeah, I think with West Ham it's really interesting because we, we you know, we're we're aware we're aware already of the, of, of some of the, the big players, you know, Antonio, um, Craswell, Kufel, they're all pretty standouty options. Um, my only concern is that West Ham play in the Europa League this year. I just I don't and I don't think West Ham have got the squad depth to deal with that physically. Um. I mean, I mean, just look at Antonio. We, you know, he, we're, every manager is on the edge, on the edge of their seat with Antonio because you don't know whether he's going to score a hat trick or pull a hamstring. He's just, he's just that. He's, you know, he's cra- he's crazy to own. He's he's such a crazy player. Because he's such crazy a powerful asset. player, isn't he? He he risks injury and in the way his playing style. Yeah, I just feel like that he he on every any given day he can score a hat trick. He's he is that good. He's so good. He's such a good player. Um, and and the only thing that lets him down is is the injury. You know how injury prone he is. Now, it's not like Callum Wilson because you know Callum Wilson again he's injury prone for Newcastle, but he just doesn't play for a very convincing team. You know he's he's not exactly. Um, yeah, he's just not. He's. I just don't feel as comfortable. Um, with Callum Wilson than I do with Antonio in, in terms of attacking returns. Um, he's just so exciting to watch Antonio. He's a standout and I think he could be a lot of people's go-to options actually um, when ditching Watkins. I think a lot of people in the community will just do a side switch from uh, from um, Watkins to Antonio. And to be honest, I would be I would be someone who would consider that same move because Newcastle away in game week one, I mean, you can you can you ask for a better fixture? Uh, you know, it's you know, this goal is there. This yeah. goal is to be scored, but but not only that, if they play Leicester, um, we both know, we both remember the cracking game they had at the end of last season, don't we? I, I, was that three two 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 three three? Was it? Mm. So I mean, that was really exciting. Um, but then they play Crystal Palace and Southampton, so two of last year's worst defenses in the league. That it's a serious, serious option for a Watkins trade. Actually, the only thing that would put me off slightly is the, you know, is is the injury prone. Um, 
Kufal, a great option, five million. Um, Kufal and Cresswell, top three for assists last season amongst defenders. Um, I think Cresswell was first, Kufal third. Um, in terms of chances, they are potentially two of my favourite defenders from SAT plays because they are in that particular team that that put away SAT. Set, set plays um, and score a lot of set play goals. In fact, I think they were either joint um, for set play goals last season with Chelsea or top. I ne- I need to double check that. But in in terms of in terms of um, stats, you know they are up there in terms of putting balls in, and uh, you know with, with players like Dawson in the box. And I I just feel that Cresswell. Is, is, and I, he deserves the price. He deserves the 5.5 million price. I just feel that Shaw possibly a better option at the same price. So it's 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 difficult. Um, I would probably go for Kufal over Cresswell. Um, I liked how he played in the Euros. Uh, Kufal already had... He, he also had really great form at the back end of last season. Um so I've got Kufal in a, a couple more, um, a couple of other platform games, like you see, Sky and, and Fantasy uh, Fan Team and stuff. But and he was actually in my current draft. I was thinking at one point when Shaw had the whole broken rib sort of rumor um, of, of just slotting Kufal in and banking 0.5 million. But, um, but what yeah, about I, think, Suzek? I just, Suzek. I, I just, he's, I just don't feel. I just don't. I'm not feeling Suchat this year. I just, I think he'll tick away. I think he's a cheap enabler. Um, Is it ten just, goals he got last season? I mean, it's it's a tricky one because his price, you know, is six million now, and you could argue you could get maybe yeah. some better assets there. It's and... just that, yeah, it's that price bracket that I think when you when when you've got when you've got other players, you know, like Saw, um, Buendia, and Rafinha are point five above. You've got to be looking at. How can I get 0.5 instead of I'm going to have to settle with Suchak at six? Do you know what I mean? I just feel like there's there's just potentially a lot more options than Suchak, and and also again it's it's just the the squad depth of of the Europa League with West Ham. You know, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of fatigue early on in the season. They're just for me they're they're not a wait and see. I just feel like there's better options out there. And I do feel that Antonio will now become a much more owned player and will probably take up upon a lot of Watkins' ownership. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, it's a bit of a wait and see, but we'll just move on to Wolves. And I'm not, I can't imagine this one taking too long. No. Um, Jimenez is one that I think. You know, how after his injury, of course, that horrible injury last season, but him back now, could he reach could he reach the levels that maybe mm. he had before his injury? I think you know, some of the goals and assists he scored last the season before that, but then again you know, he had some of the luck some of the players that did leave, you know, the likes of Yosser and um another player so I he's a tricky one also on the fact that it's seven point five million the Wolves player and they've got a new manager, there's a few kind of there's too many kind of variables in it for me that mm. makes me want to go for him. Um, and then if I look at some of the other players, you know, uh, Enabler, Nuri, perhaps in defence, you know, 4.5, there's talks, you know, talks about him you know, playing a bit further forward. But 
for me, again, it's in a similar bracket as um, you know, Palace and Burnley. It's, it's some of the players that I've looked. I have there's some one of the teams that I've looked at rather that I'm not. I'm not. None of the assets are jumping out at me, to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, eight Nori is a wait and see. Um, I think I know that Wolves' fixtures improve in game week four. In fact, they play Watford away, Brantford at home, Southampton away, Newcastle at home. So for that, you know that that run of four games, we could potentially have the option of Aiton Nori at four point five million. We're just not too sure how he's going to play, if he's going to play, and what system the new manager will play. Um, I imagine he'll be involved. Um, I imagine he 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 looks he will look good as well when he when he is involved. It's just obviously is he nailed, which will. We'll find out in the first few game weeks anyway. So, so Aiton Nori could well be an option. Uh, Jimenez stands out as well. Um, for those that are going for Tony and, and, and sort of that sort of around that price bracket, um, the, the, swap, the, the fixtures again, Watford, Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle, they look really good. Uh, I just think that if, if Jimenez gets some form, I think he could be, you know, he could be a, a great option. So for me... He would be someone that I'd be looking at around that seven point five million price range, um, you know, amongst Antonio and, and DCL and, and the other players in there. He'd be looking at. I'd be monitoring uh, Jimenez from from game week one, and he would be on my sort of watch list. But yeah, in terms of in terms of that, I think I think that's as done, Max. In terms of covering what we like. Um, yeah, from I think all we've the Premier League yeah, teams. That's all the main assets from all the Premier League teams. I mean, we might have missed a couple, but all the key kind of notable ones with the, with the assets to uh, this yeah. to kind of back it up. So yeah, I think we've we've covered pretty much everything. Um, you sound a really, long podcast today. You sound but, really uh, tired. <laughs> I feel like you've gone through a a, a, a process during <laughs> this part of being really lively, and they're like, "Oh God, I'm tired now." But yeah, nah. I mean, it was interesting to go through through where your head's at because obviously, we've we've had a little bit of a break through the uh, through the summer and we've sort of we've we've chatted a bit of FPL, but to be honest, I have no idea what your draft's going to look like. Um, Neither do I, mate. <laughs> but no, it's still some tinkering to do as as most man- FPL managers have to. It's it's going to be a tight one. It's going to be a really really hectic transfer. Um, an, an FPL deadline, and that is because of the, the the transfer window goes. I think it's a couple of weeks into the start of the Premier League. So, as much as it's going to be tough, um, you know, dealing with the likes of Kane joining City potentially, um, Lukaku, de- you know, joining Chelsea potentially. You've also got where does Tammy Abraham end up? What do we now do with Watkins? Do we trust that Ings will play? Do we trust that he'll be on penalties and make a switch up and try and upgrade upwards? Um, do we, you know, do we do we keep Watkins? I don't think so. I'm not too sure. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of variables um, that need sort of resolving towards the deadline. And, and to be honest, it's going to be pretty manic um, in terms of decision making. Um, I think that's. I think we should leave it there, Max. I think we should we should leave it there, and obviously we'll return. Next week, uh, we'll look at our game plans for the season and we'll look at our draft as well. Yep, sounds good to me. Um, yeah, still some 
I think there's a lot, as you said, a lot of question marks, but yeah, exciting times and God, it's only not long now, not long at all. So you've got to get, keep, keep your eye on some of the, some of the transfers and what's happening at the moment, because there's a lot of changes that could be made. I really can't wait to hear some of the stats you come out with uh, on next week's pod. It's going to get more and more intense, isn't it? Which Definitely I love. <laughs> as we scour all the stats that are available. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, guys, that's us. Uh, that's the first episode of the Reaction Pod. And obviously, we'll be back again next week. Um, I'm guessing there's going to be plenty of changes uh, to talk about as well. So thanks again for joining me, Max. And thanks for listening. I'll see you later. Cheers, Liz. See you later, guys. Bye. See you later, guys.